Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Very Distinctive Podcast, which is a leverage recap and review podcast hosted by two friends. I'm Maddie Ballista. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Runaway Ballista. I'm Alexis, and I can be found on Twitter at Alexiorsays. Awesome. So this is our very first episode where we're reviewing the first two episodes of Leverage, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the show uh, first. But Alexis, you're pretty new to Leverage still. Yes, I had seen a couple episodes a long time ago, but I was not really paying attention to them. Uh, So this is kind of a clean take for me. I've got pretty much a clean slate and don't really know what I'm getting into. That's that's really the best way with leverage. Um, I mean, you know, you'd, you'd seen enough of it, so you're familiar with the the format and the general flavor. And I think that the the pilot is actually a pretty good first impression of what the rest of the show is like. Yeah, I certainly didn't seem like I was getting thrown into the deep end or anything. It's a very friendly show. It is. It's like a really warm and comforting kind of show. Uh, so if you somehow haven't uh, watched Leverage before listening to this podcast, Leverage is a five-season-long drama about uh, a group of thieves uh, who basically Robin Hood it, and they steal and take back from CEOs and companies that exploit the little people and so on. And it's very cathartic. And, it's a lot um, of fun because it, it feels like kind of that Ocean's Eleven pulling a heist, yeah. making the big plan kind of thing. But they're all good guys and like doing it for good, good reasons. And it's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. And yeah, and it is, it's every episode is a 45 minute heist movie, which is like my ideal TV show. And it delivers really hard on character stuff, um, which I love. And my first exposure to Leverage was actually my girlfriend, Tori, Uh, got me into watching it a few years ago, and I watched the whole thing because it was on Netflix for a while. Tragically, it is not anymore. Uh, And I got really hooked. And um, I have since watched every episode at least like six times. Because because when it was still on on Netflix and we needed like just something to put on the back of me, like, let's just let's just put on leverage. Leverage is so comforting. It was like our depression show. So <laughs> And my introduction to it was Maddie saying, Hey, you really like like fun comedy stuff, <laughs> relaxing stuff, found family stuff where everyone loves each other. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um and she pointed me towards leverage. It's so <laughs> it's so good for found family stuff. So on that note, let's jump into the first episode, which is the pilot is called The Nigerian Job. Yes. Which, and I love the episode title format of Leverage also. Um, yeah, the jobs, what kind of job we're doing today. And so, and one of the really fun things about Leverage is the kinds of cons that they choose to run. And this episode actually has three separate types <laughs> slash cons in it, which is great. I, I found myself glad that I was taking notes because uh, there are a lot of different things going on. Not not in the sense that it's difficult to follow the plot, but just it feels good to to be paying attention so closely because you really get an appreciation for how detailed the scheme that they're ringing really is. Yeah, they their their schemes have a lot of moving parts to them, which and again in a way that's really easy to follow. Um, and part of the reason that the show is easy to follow, and one of the things that makes it exciting, is the show's very liberal use of flashbacks, yes. um, where they constantly show you uh, part of a scene. And then later they run into an obstacle and it's, oh no, what are they going to do? And then like a <laughs> 10 second flashback to like, oh, we totally prepared for this. And it, and it does a great job of, it can be a little heavy handed sometimes, but it Yeah, it does, I think in general, this, this show is not about subtlety. <laughs> no, it's not. And it, it, it does a really good job of, of making you feel like there's, little, there's twists and turns in what is not actually a very long episode. Of something. So yeah, it's very dense. It packs in a lot of action. It does. And oh, it's such fun action. So the pilot uh, does a great job of setting up our cast of characters, starting with Nathan Ford, (laughs) Nathan Ford, uh, team dad. (laughs) I I took notes on uh, who the characters were because I'm notoriously (laughs) good at forgetting who I'm looking at. That's fair. Uh, So my my main note for Nate is daddy drank. Uh, Because Nate's Nate's drinking as a as a a pretty um, forefront aspect of his character, particularly in the beginning of the show, um, and we see um, Nate getting approached by this guy uh, who is played by Saul Rubinek, who I really love, um, and approaching him. Basically, it, it kind of com- like comes in swinging. It's like, hey, uh, it turns out that you got screwed over by your old employer. How do you want to? 
How do you want to, how do you feel about screwing them over back? Yeah. So we find out that his son was allowed to die by this insurance company. And this client is saying, hey, do you want a chance to get back at these guys? Yeah, exactly. The insurance company that Nate used to do insurance fund investigation for, uh, IYS, which is a, also a recurring plot detail. And um, then we get introduced to the people that this guy has hired to uh, for Nate to work with. And now, at this point, I had actually uh, written down in my notes, why does this client know all these thieves? Why does he just, like, <laughs> on such good terms with all these notorious criminals? Uh, so I just kind of left that in there for now. <laughs> yeah, maybe a question that, like, Nate would have asked if he were less drunk. <laughs> I, I have, One of my favorite quotes from this episode is in, like, the first 30 seconds, where Dubenich, uh, Saul Rabinek's character, is talking and and basically expositing for us Nate's backstory. Nate just goes, hey, you know that part of the conversation where I punch you in the neck nine or ten times? We're coming (laughs) up on that real quick. And it's just, it's such a good, like, it's the first line that Nate has. And it's a great establishing line. He's he's not here for any nonsense. He's no, he's he's sad and he's he's angry and he just wants to drink alone. Um, So they have, so basically Dubenich hires them to steal back jet plans from a rival aerospace company. And he works for Bering Aerospace, which is very clearly Boeing. I know. <laughs> Boeing. I think at a couple points in my notes, I accidentally wrote down yeah, Boeing. Yeah, it's very blatant. Um, they don't, they don't, there are times when the show goes, goes for subtlety and there are times they're like, we don't need to. We're just gonna. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's. I love this over-the-top, kind of, in-your-face. It's face, so over-the-top. Not not worrying about the So subtlety. we get this really cute... Um, now, again, we get this this really liberal use of flashbacks, and it's a great way to establish a character. So we get these little um, bite-sized introductions to Elliot, Parker, and Hardison, who are uh, the three thieves that Dubenich has hired for Nate to direct on this, on this heist. And we've got Parker, who's, quote-unquote, the thief. The thief. <laughs> uh, 20 pounds of crazy in a five-pound bag. And we've got Hardison, who's the hacker, who's a precious boy. He's a big nerd. He has a weird Star Wars fantasy. <laughs> uh, we see Isn't in his flashback. That weird, though. <laughs> well, I don't know. It involves some like chainmail bikinis uh, fighting each other with swords as he lounges on a on a lounge chair of some okay, type. First of all, <laughs> lightsabers. Second okay, of all, okay. I think that's Fair a pretty enough. common fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get introduced to Elliot, who's the hitter or retrieval specialist. And later, the later on, the, specialist. Uh, the um, show introduces him as the hitter, but they're both very. Yeah, for now he's he's noted as retrieval. Yeah, I mean he hits things a lot. He really likes to mess up guys with guns. He does not like guns at all. Um, and so he's he's played by Christian Kane, who notably does all of his own stunts on this show, which. Which is a lot. It is for this because guy. he's the guy who fights people, and one of the things that makes this show so much fun, action-wise, is that the fight choreography and the physical comedy is like really on point all of the time. Yes, um, and so knowing that he does his own stunts, it's kind of like makes it even better because it's Elliot has a very distinct fighting style, and it's over the top. It's CQC. He's doing CQC <laughs> on everybody all the time. <laughs> Honestly, I would love to see Elliot and Solid Snake just in a bar together. That's, oh that's what I want. So um, so we have this uh, this first scam where they're, it's pretty like straightforward infiltration, getting into the server room, stealing the plans, and then leaving no trace that they were there. And of course they run into a snag where... Yes. Yeah. It's the first time you see them run into an <laughs> obstacle and they all, the the defining characteristic that is kind of noted about all these thieves is they all work alone. They only work alone. They never, yes. they don't play with, well with others. And that's why Nate's here. But I did notice that for a bunch of people who don't work, don't work well together and only work alone, they end up working together pretty well, pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, they're all very adaptable, as it turns out. And I think the show, the show really wants to credit Nate with a lot of that, that like he knows how to make them work together. But even when he's not talking in their ear and telling them what to do, they are uh, kind of helping each they other are. out. As we'll see in a couple they more do. minutes. They do. They have, they have a really good chemistry like right from the get-go. And... Um, when they can't use their previous escape route, which is to go up, of course, 
they have to go down and they, they, and Nate says, oh, let's run the burn scam. And it, and (laughs) the burn scam is literally burn wounds. (laughs) And they give uh, Parker like a, like some crutches. Like a prosthetic scar, like a a scar prosthesis. Yeah. um, And And like some braces uh, and like leg braces. They they make her limp and they make her look just really miserable. And this is, this is what I'm talking about. And then they work so well together because Nate just says burn scam. And instantly they're all like helping her get dressed in an elevator. And they're all just saying, you do this, you do this. And they've got it together perfectly. Like it's been rehearsed. Yeah. It's so, they, they do work together so well. Um, One of my favorite things is when they all grift together. And so, one of the things I love about the burn scam is it's the first introduction of a really often used tactic that they use to misdirect attention away from what they're doing, even when they have to walk through Like, they, they use, like, social embarrassment very yes. frequently. They've got a guy, like a security guard, in the lobby of this building, and he's saying, wait, wait, you're not supposed to be here. And they're just walking out of the elevator, like, why are you staring at this woman? You should you should feel ashamed of yourself, staring at this poor yeah, wounded well, woman. Yeah, well, Parker is like, no, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> and, and so they, they basically distract the guy from the fact that they clearly don't belong here by making him feel so embarrassed that they make it out of the door with basically no problem. And I love, I have in my notes, I love when Parker just throws her cane to Hardis and he just catches it. <laughs> <laughs> just like they have that incredible beat and then they they finish the job they send out the plans and like this is a walk away job it's a one off thing and they they walk away from each other in a dramatic pattern with like an aerial shot and i have a feeling that i'm going to see that a couple more times yes. as we go uh, they love they love those um aerial shots so much only hardison is like hey guys that was like super fun <laughs> That was really cool. Let's do that again. And uh, Hardison's like the only one who actually wants to be a team player. And of course, the the twist comes where it turns out nobody got paid. And of course, Devenich claims that oh, you didn't send the plans to me, uh, but meet me at this abandoned factory. <laughs> <laughs> which everyone <laughs> yeah just just go to this like old decrepit aircraft hangar and like it'll be fine i'll pay yeah, you yeah i'll there. pay you there and like only when they're there nate's like the only one who realizes oh so he definitely called us all here so he could kill us oh, but before that i felt so sad because they're all like pointing guns at each other and they're all accusing each other and it was just terrible and i just wanted to know why we need to fight because we all learned that we work so well together and can't we just be calm we don't i don't want to see these guys pointing guns at each other i'm not into that <laughs> the real heist was the friends we made along the way i just my only note for that scene is hardest and what are you doing with a gun because he's established pretty early on to be like he's the youngest member of the team i think he's like 24 mm-hmm. or something in the at the beginning of the show yeah. and it's like the safety's off the safety may very well have been off because i don't think he knows how to hold a gun <laughs> He has no idea. I don't think he's ever held. No, one because before. if you know how to hold a gun, you don't hold it to the side because that's how you eject a shell casing directly into your face. <laughs> Which I learned from person of interest. Thank you, person of interest. <laughs> very useful. They very narrowly avoid getting blown up when the whole factory explodes. Set up. Yes, they run away like real cool guys from the explosion. But it turns out that they do, in fact, get knocked and arrested. Super arrested. Yeah. Like, chains to the hospital bed arrested. And here's where heist number two comes in, and it's an improvised scam, which is what makes it so much fun to watch, where they're all, they're stuck in two rooms, and it's got Nate and Elliot in one room, Hardison and Parker in the other. It's like, the initial heist is like a little warm-up to get you used to the idea of these guys working together, and it's like, okay, here's what they can do when they're, like, pressed. And that was a lot of the more traditional, in the in the initial heist, that was a lot of the traditional sneaking through buildings, doing crazy, uh, unnecessary flips just because <laughs> they look cool. This is a little bit more of a, like a low-key tech heist. Yeah, and it's and it relies very heavily on the grifting end of things and the manipulation yes. of people. And, and it really, it shows you what they know, too. So like, and I love that even when they don't trust each other, they'll trust Nate. Yes. Even though Nate is just this drunk dad. <laughs> He's not, he hasn't done anything especially worthy of trust, except that he's quote unquote, the honest he's, man. He's the oldest one of the bunch. So like by default, everybody's kind of like, you must be the real grown up here, right? <laughs> he's team dad. He's he 100% is. team dad. He's also, yeah, the only, he's the only one there who's not a thief. He's like, okay, well, I've got a plan. Uh, and so he's like, well, just we're just going to give them what they're expecting because they've arrested us. They've run our prints and they're expecting a phone call. And this is kind of the introduction of like, here's what happens when you play into people's expectations and, and how you uh, 
manipulate. Yes, marks. this is kind of along the lines along the lines of how they say like you can't pull a con on somebody who's not greedy. It's not exactly that, but you can't fool somebody unless you know what they want. Like if you know somebody wants validation from their superiors at work or whatever, you can totally work off of that. Absolutely. And and in this case, they're really, they're not like conning anyone bad. They're just trying to get yeah. out of a bad situation. So Parker, Nate says, Parker, I need you to get us a phone. And I don't know if he knew what she was going to do, <laughs> or he just assumed that Parker would figure it out. I wrote down out. at this point, but <laughs> Parker has so many skills. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She has a lot of skills. And so Parker makes herself throw up to get some doctors in there. And she and Hardison pickpocket some phones. And they have this cute little exchange where Parker pickpockets like a smartphone. This was in 2009, so like not everybody Oh yeah, I had been making a couple of notes as we went saying, wow, this laptop looks like something in the back of my dad's truck in like 1997. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that old, but it is, it's a little dated mostly by the phones that people use because you see like more blueberry or blackberries the, and stuff. Some of the flip phones they use are really fun to look, la- look at because they'll just have like a graphic on the flip phone that says like decoding satellite <laughs> signal or analyzing code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's their um, they're like, like hacker interfaces are really cheesy and over the top, and so like Parker grabs a smartphone and Hardison grabs a flip phone and they have this cute little exchange where they like swap phones because obviously Hardison is going to take yes. the smartphone, and the beat, the beats that this scene hits, are so yes. much fun. We're just like immediately Elliot's faking uh, state police. And Nate's faking FBI dude. And Hardison ends up taking a picture of himself to, like, pose as an FBI agent. And I wrote, Hardison takes the cutest <laughs> selfies. I was going to say, he does this, like, this, like, cute little core-like <laughs> smile, and it's like, Hardison, that's not what FBI it's agents look like in their, like, though. badge photos. <laughs> it is great. And it's like, here's what Hardison can do if you give him a phone. Literally anything. anything. He can control he can the world. He facts from, from a federal office. Yeah, basically. And so the this is like so much fun. And they have Hardison playing the the agent who's like, oh, yeah, I'm totally taking this away. He's enjoying having Hart, uh, Elliot in handcuffs oh, way yes. too much. And then the beat it hits as you see them driving away as the as the nurse comes out and says, oh, state police are on the line. It's so <laughs> satisfying. Because we had just told all these hospital workers that this was the state police. They're interacting with the state police. Exactly. And it's just, and also I, I have in here just love that jaunty theme music. <laughs> so they they bail and I believe they're, they're at Hardison's yeah, apartment. Yeah, Hardison has like, like this reasonably- gorgeous mansion of an apartment it's like modern sparse furnishing and polished wood yeah like for for like a, a like early 20s nerd he's got like really nice like interior although he is like actually. a technology-based thief so it's not that surprising <laughs> it is that's i mean you really go one of two ways with those however in the background in the shots in hardison's apartment you can see how much uh, orange soda he yes. has oh th- i think <laughs> this part so is where i was soda. wondering Due to him being a very well-off techno thief who also drinks a ton of orange soda, which one of the characters here is most likely to invest in Bitcoin? Oh, (laughs) fuck. I mean, like, I want to say Hardison. But Elliot's also got that kind of, like, underground, like, doing his own thing, avoiding all the rules. Elliot also only believes in things that he can touch and That's punch. true. That's true. <laughs> so I feel like he's not as likely to get drawn in by the Bitcoin. And I think Parker is just not interested in listening to you explain the whole concept. <laughs> no, I mean, here's the thing is Parker loves money. Yes. But Parker loves cash. Yes. Uh, I think that if you, if you were like, Parker, you can make so much money doing Bitcoin, she'd be like, how do I steal it? But she'd be really unhappy about a kind of money that you can't just steal. yeah uh when a little later on there she's talking about what she's going to do with all her money and she's just like i don't even want to buy stuff i just want to have the money <laughs> yeah oh, she loves money uh which we'll get into oh this show loves to play on how much parker loves money <laughs> basically they're all like shit we should bail because dubenich knows us and he knows that we did with the, he's gonna know that we got away and nate's like no, we're definitely going to get back at him. And I like how Nate knows how to run a con because that's how he got stolen merchandise back as an, as an insurance fraud investigator. Yes. So he would basically, he con the people who he was pretty sure were trying to defraud the insurance company. 
And Nate is mad now. He says he used my son because Dubenich had been oh, talking yeah. about how you got to get back at this insurance company because of your son. So it's personal now because Dubenich like brought oh, that into so it. Personal. It's personal. So now it's revenge for real. And I love, I love that. Like, if you've got to give a character man pain, <laughs> and of course you do. Of course you, you just, you just have to. You can't have a character unless their beloved family has been killed tragically. Yeah, I mean, like, Daddy Drank has to have some man pain to be drank over. Yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, like, I don't necessarily think that, like, dead kid is the best thing to do. But I think that the way that it's handled is really good. Because that first flashback that you see of him standing outside the hospital room where his son was. Yeah. That flashback comes up over the course of the series. And you gradually see more and more of that scene. So, oh, it's good. It's really good. Uh, Timothy Hutton, who plays Nate, is uh, an astonishingly powerful actor when he wants to be. They, uh, but, you know, of course, Dubenich has all their faces, so they need a new, they need a new member of their team. And enter Sophie. So we go see, and uh, we see a woman performing as Lady Macbeth in the worst possible way. But it is apparent that this woman is living her best life. She is loving every second of this. So now we meet Sophie Devereaux, who is a an international art thief that Nate apparently chased for quite a while. He was an insurance fraud investigator. She is wearing this beautiful coat. It's like a trench coat, but it's also like a pea coat, and it's got like a short flared skirt to it. It's it's gorgeous. I love it. I'm gonna say most <laughs> of the time, fashion on leverage is not super notable, except for Sophie. Sophie has oh, so good. the best outfits, and I mean, it, and it fits her because she's the grifter. She's the one yes. who everything she does is just charm and personality and manipulation. And of course, the charming art thief has to look beautiful, so it of makes course, perfect of sense. Of course, and so uh, my. I think my favorite character concept in the show is Sophie Devereaux, who's a world-class grifter who's really bad, who's a terrible stage actress, but is the best actress in the world when she's breaking the law. And what's great about it is that she doesn't seem to be aware of what a terrible stage actress she is. Or even if she is aware, she's not bothered by it. (laughs) She really, she she loves it. She's just having the best time. I love, Sophie Devereaux is always living her best life. And they have this whole, like, black, uh, Black King, White Knight thing that they keep repeating about Nate switching sides that he's no he's he's on the he's on the, the thief side of things now instead of chasing thieves he's stealing, and so Sophie. Well, it turns out that all the thieves are really doing the nice things now, so we kind of got a a switch from both directions in that. Everybody's sense. Everybody's wearing a couple different hats. There's yes. some there's some hat now musical chairs going around. <laughs> so that's what really draws Sophie in is that she just wants to see what Nate's doing, and I I really love Gina Bellman who plays. Sophie, because so so Gina Bellman is mixed race, and she has this kind of ethnically ambiguous look that they use they they deliberately <laughs> employ on a regular basis. Like, yeah, because she can play anybody from anywhere to most people. Yeah, like she she plays she plays so, characters from so many different places, and so she's really kind of like the perfect casting and the perfect character for this role in the show. She's like she's one of one of the most versatile parts of the team. Uh, I have a note here that just says, I love it when Par- Parker laughs at something that isn't a joke, which happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Parker's a lot of fun. So they, they start to run a scam on Dubenich to kind of, to expose the fact, because they find out that he was not, in fact, the helpless citizen he pretended to be. He tried to kill them because they weren't stealing the plans back. They just stole the plans. So the whole the whole thing about getting the whole thing about getting revenge against the insurance company had been totally fabricated by Dubenich to get Nate on board, and they they totally realized the extent of how they had been played at this point. Yeah, and I just I love I have a couple of lines here that I love. Elliot, I want to beat Dubenich so bad that even people who look like him are going to bleed. <laughs> that is really good. And then. Um, the whole what's in it for me discussion where Nate says to Elliot, pay back. And if it goes right, a lot of money. And Parker says, what's in it for me? And he goes, a lot of money. And if it goes right, pay back. And it's just, <laughs> it's just a really great way to illustrate that Nate has every digit of all of their numbers. He knows what yes, all of them Yes, he knows want. where their priorities are. He knows what they want, what they need. Yeah. And for Parker, as we mentioned, that is money. Yep. And it's just, oh my god, the the character beats are like I I feel like I say this all the time, but they're so good. So we have Sophie starting to run this con on in you know 
he he's never seen Sophie Dever in his life. So they they kind of have get things to a good start, and they have um, Elliot playing an IT guy in the beginning to plant awful glasses, just terrible glasses, awful glasses, on him. and just here we have the beginning of. Well, I guess it starts right at the beginning, at the very start of the episode, but we start to really establish the semi antagonistic relationship between Elliot and Hardison. Yes. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Hardison was way too happy about Elliot in handcuffs. These two are just kind of poking at each other all the time. Yeah, Elliot pretending to be like a Star Trek cosplayer and being like, oh yeah, I love to stay buff to dress up like Klingons and go to conventions and like nerdy shit. Obviously like making fun of tech nerds and Hardison is like sitting there like, really, we have to, I have to put up with this. He's like, shouldn't I be playing the computer guy? And it's like, no, I want you to be the computer guy. <laughs> God, and I just have a note that's like, there is so much orange soda in the background of Hardison's apartment. <laughs> There's just stacks and rows of two-liter bottles. And so they have this whole thing where, you know, uh, Sophie pretending to be somebody from an African business consortium. And of course, she's acting like the beautiful, intimidating woman. And the guy is just like flustered, like, oh, what do I do with this beautiful lady? I don't know how to talk to a beautiful lady. Even when he knows uh, he's being <laughs> manipulated, though, because he's like, I know you're yeah. manipulating me. She's like, oh, I hope so. Like, she's she's that good. Yeah, she can she can call it out and lean into it. And it still totally works. Yep. And so uh, we have him coming to meet her for a discussion with Nigerian government officials, or so she says. <laughs> And yeah, it's a uh, Nigerians is such a good choice for this episode. Yeah, they even call that out later, um, saying, "Wait, Nigerians like the email scam seriously?" Yeah, and and just uh, Nate saying Nigerians will do nicely, <laughs> kind of <laughs> ominously. <laughs> but he shows up early, and she's not ready. And Nate's like, "Hey, we're not in the building directory." And I just have a, a a question of like, "But why not, Hardison?" Why couldn't you put them in the building directory? You can do everything. There's no reason you couldn't have got this. Come on. Yeah, so like Nate and Hardison are sitting outside the building. Elliot's getting things set up and drilling a, a fake business sign next to an office that they're basically stealing for an hour. So Nate's like, okay, I'm going to buy you some time. And he just takes out a, like a truncheon and like snaps it open. And like you see Hardison get up and like realize what he's about to do and back back away like mm, I'm a black man I'm not going anywhere near this as, as yeah Nate really starts to smash in car windows and I just felt very upset at this point don't beat up innocent bystanders cars there's this is the best distraction you could come up with I mean oh, everybody on the street is getting their car messed up I felt so bad about it. yeah occasionally there so occasionally there's some collateral damage on leverage. <laughs> In in the in the pursuit of the greater good, and this is one of those times where like I hope yeah. all those people had insurance. I know. Still, they have to deal with insurance now. <laughs> but like, this is another instance of like how aware they are of like race stuff and yes. and like the intersection of like pe- like a way- uh, race and like disability and stuff like that awareness. Because Nate goes and doesn't ask Hardison to do it; he does it because nobody's going to notice him. Yeah, he's a nondescript he's just a white dude and like a white suit. everyman. Yeah. <laughs> And Hardison is something he's like, Mm-mm, nope, not I'm, I'm getting as far away from this as possible. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know that they're going to look at me and think that I did it. Yes. This con has a lot of fun twists and turns. And you find out that Dubenich has figured out that they were playing him all along. Yeah, I had written earlier, how does this guy not smell a scam? <laughs> but it turns out that he does, in fact, smell the scam. Yep. So he tries, and you know, he tells like his assistant, his aide, or whatever, like, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna nail them to the wall." You know, like nobody messes with me, and he's so <laughs> flustered, he's such an angry little man. And he's like so happy that he figured out their plans, and he's gonna take them down and put them where they belong. Exactly. And... So we get to the point where the reveal comes, where he's like, "Oh yes, I'm calling, I'm calling this in. You are actually a bunch of con men because uh, they have this final meeting where we're supposed to finalize the bribe between himself and the Nigerian government officials, and the FBI come in and they arrest him, and he's so confused." <laughs> And he's saying, wait, 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 these guys, these guys said they were from this Nigerian thing and that we needed to do this to get these airline things operational and yada, yada, yada. And these Nigerian guys are totally confused. They're like, you contacted us. You brought us into this. And at this point, I realized, like, these weren't actors. These were actually confused (laughs) people that Nate had rounded up somehow. And I'm like, oh, man, I feel bad for them, too. (laughs) Like, 
you know, and I and I'm so curious to hear what the other end of the the whole end other end of the conversation was because we do get the flashback where you see uh, Sophie introducing herself as the same character Anna Gunstadt, but as working directly under Victor Debenich is how she introduces herself to the Nigerian. So she's kind of playing both sides, and somehow in the middle of this meeting she slips out. By the time anybody notices she's gone, it's like kind of too late. And weirdly enough, nobody really pursues her. <laughs> they kind of focus on the fact that Debenich. <laughs> Apparently accepted a bribe. And we get another uh, little flashback that reveals that Sophie took a check from Nigerian government officials and replaced it with an envelope that just had a dollar amount written on a on paper inside to do Benich. Be like, here's a bribe that they want from you. But then the Nigerians were saying, hey, yeah, we totally did give him a check. Yeah. So it looks really bad in the eyes of the FBI. Yep. And he and they cashed it for him. <laughs> and I guess Sophie kept some, kept some for shoes. But what's great is... Dubenich being like, but I figured out your plan. I found, I found the tracker, and he's like, no, you, <laughs> I loved this. You part. found the transmitter with the blinking light. We want, we wanted you to figure some of it out. We just gave you yeah, what you were expecting. If you feel a little bit smart, then you're going to stop looking for the real clues because you thought you already found a bomb. Exactly, and it's just, it's such a good. This is such a good. It's such a, a such a good precedent for the kinds of scams that they run for the basically from now on, where they they take every psychological advantage as well as financial and physical. That they can. Yes. It's so much of their of the elements of their cons. And just <laughs> Dumanich being like, these guys aren't even real Nigerians. They're like, yes, we are. And it's like, oh, <laughs> these guys are actual government officials. Shit. Damn. And I have in here um, this like, wait, you can't you can't take my computer. Dumanich is freaking out because they're taking stuff out of his office. And <laughs> the FBI agent turns around and goes, this company has government defense contracts. There's very serious rules con- like concerning co- contact before nationals. The patriotic applies here, my friend. I can take your underpants. It's just a beautiful burn. And then we see them like going upstairs and shredding all these paper records, mm-hmm. um, like all the employees of the company trying to hide evidence of whatever has been going on. All these records are stored on paper. Like, I know at my company, there is nothing on paper. We have 30 different databases that you have to log in with 19 different IDs and usernames, but there are no paper records anywhere. God, and I love, and I love that, like, when you upend all of the the shredder bits out of the window, it's like, you obviously have something to hide. And I get oh, the, yeah. the point of doing that is to make it impossible to piece it back together. But it's but, like, but everybody knows you're guilty. Everyone knows you're guilty, and so it's like people who like burn off their fingerprints. Well, yeah, you obviously are a criminal because you burnt off your fingerprints. <laughs> Although your fingerprints do grow back. Yes, that is true. But like, I do love that they weren't even trying to send him to jail. They just wanted to fuck with him super badly. And you know, Nate says, "Oh, what we really wanted was for the FBI to take boxes out of your office all day long." It looks bad because it looks bad in front of TV cameras. You going to jail is just a bonus. Yep. And and so, like, it turns out, and they're like, we also totally played the stock market. And then another bummer for me in this episode, like, I couldn't stop thinking about, like, everybody else who gets caught up in this. Like, everybody who works for that company is going to be losing so much pay. Like, they're going to get so many cuts. A bunch of people are going to get laid off because this company's doing so poorly now. Like, obviously, I don't feel bad for the company, but I feel bad for everybody who works there. Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a little bit of an unfortunate collateral damage when they take down bad companies. Because yeah. it means that people who work for them often lose jobs. Yeah. But on the service of greater good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mixed bag. One of the things they do also talk about over the course of the show is what is and isn't in their quote-unquote jurisdiction. Like, what, what? how do you define the scope of helping people and what we do? And in this next job, a lot of their jobs are very personal. So the second episode, which is the homecoming job, is about helping one specific person. Although, before we wrap up on episode one, I just want to say that I love the fact that they finish this and they're like, again, it's a walk-off, we're done. And then you have the aerial shot of them walking away and Nate tries to just walk away and all of the children just follow him. <laughs> they all just get along like baby ducks. Like, wait, 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 can't we just do one more little thing? Just one more, five or six more. I love, like, Hardison's like, that was fun. And Parker's like, that was so much fun. And Elliot's like, yeah, by the way, it's only a matter of time before you like fall off the wagon and again. Nate's like, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you care. <laughs> See, that was your nice ending note for that episode. Mine was, oh man, they all look so good lounging in suits like this. Oh yeah, I mean, that that so the final sequence of the pilot episode 
is really iconic. And it's the one where they're talking to an, a client with some unknown issue, just like a presumably a dead daughter. It's pretty vague, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, that company killed her. We want them hurt. And it's like, well, but the judge said we couldn't appeal. What are you going to do? And it has Nate's whole speech at the end that's like really iconic for leverage, where the quote is, right now you're suffering under an enormous weight. We provide leverage. And it's like, oh, damn. There's Title your- drop. There's your name drop. (laughs) Yeah. And really, the suits were great. Everyone's like sitting around in suits. Hardison's leaning against a wall, all casual looking. It's just just a lovely picture. (laughs) It's a really iconic look. And it it just ends the episode on such a perfect note. And it's like, that's it. That's the show. If you don't like the pilot episode, like, don't bother. Yeah, no, it it really is. is a tidy bow on everything. It is. So episode two is... The homecoming job. We start out in what looks like some kind of a rehab facility, like a physical rehab facility. And Nate introduces himself to a doctor as somebody who is trying to help this man out, help him like get some money for therapy or whatever it may be. And the doctor's kind of hesitant about it. And I love her so much because the patient says, oh, it's okay, doc. I found him on the internet. And she says, oh, because that never goes badly. (laughs) That's one of the lines I have in my uh, quotes, too. That that do- I can't remember her name now, but that doctor is such a good bit character. Oh, I know. She's great. So, yeah, it's about a, a vet from Iraq who got shot up in... Uh, there was a shooting involving private defense contractors over in Iraq, and he was severely injured, and he's in a, um, a vet rehab facility, but they've basically run out of money to treat him, and the doctor gets really mad at Nate for approaching him. Yeah, because she knows, like, she can smell a scam. She doesn't necessarily, in this case, know who the scam is on, but she can smell a scam when she sees one. She's very mistrustful. Yeah, she's very mistrustful of this guy just walking in and saying, I'm going to fix all your problems for free, as she should be. (laughs) Yes, she's absolutely reasonably skeptical, and she says, that just isn't how the world works. And Nate's like, no, I really just want to help this guy. But she explains that, you know, a lot of these these guys they don't they get sent home because they're reservists. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't they don't get the same kind of treatment after a, a tour that active service members right. do. They just get sent <clears throat> so, back home and have to get treated at whatever their home hospital may be. Right, and even if they don't have the resources to treat yeah. them. So, uh, so this basically they want to solve the mystery of what happened to this guy because it was. It, this it opens uh, on a video clip that was shot overseas. Yeah, this, this guy, guy has, was, like, a um, helmet cam, and we see that he's, like, recording a video for his girlfriend or whatever. He's joshing around with his friends. And then all of a sudden, these private contractors off in the background just start opening fire. Yeah, and it goes, like, crazy batshit. And there's a lot of yelling, a lot of shooting, and then the video feed cuts. And then and then we meet, like, the, the kid who is the quote-unquote star yeah. of that video. But, of course, you know, uh, private defense contractors, there's always something iffy with that. There are some trucks. They mentioned the video, oh, what are these trucks for? What are they even protecting? After we get this kind of initial thing, we get a little kind of smash cut around to each character. Like, what what have they been up to since the last... Yeah, we see Sophie in an audition for a commercial, I guess. And I wrote, her acting looks like the introduction (laughs) to a weird, like, artsy music video. She's just all over the place. It's a soap commercial. <laughs> I really thought of the soap as a metaphor for sin, you know? Peggy just it's Peggy just screaming, can't. I want to be clean. <laughs> yeah, so she bad. ends up walking out of there and saying to the auditioners who didn't like her work at all, by the way, Peggy killed her first husband. <laughs> I just I love how how um Sophie is such a diehard diehard like method and character actress that she has to get inside all of her characters <laughs> even heads. when they're just trying to sell soap. Even when they're just trying to sell soap. It's never there's there are no small parts to Sophie. Maybe Jeffro. maybe there's some kind of theme here. Maybe I have to keep an eye on this cuz now she can't wash the sin off. And where did we see her last? Lady Macbeth. Famously unable to wash the blood off of her hands. Hmm. Maybe there's a thread here, or maybe I'm trying way too hard. <laughs> I want to see you chase that thread. Let's go on that ride. Let's go. Let's let's ride that out. <laughs> let's see what happens next episode. I also uh, I love that Elliot's getting held at gunpoint. <laughs> I wrote Elliot gets into some random bullshit with guns. <laughs> I mean, that's like Elliot's. That's a Tuesday yeah. for Elliot, and he just. 
<laughs> he taunts the guy enough into just letting down his guard just enough so that he can basically punch him in the face with his own gun and pick up his phone. And he's like, huh, I'm not up to anything. And he just walks away. <laughs> he doesn't even consider this like a, a notable afternoon. Yeah. And so like Hardison, I guess Nate paid for the offices for the most part, but Hardison shows them to their new offices. And they're gorgeous. They're even more beautiful than Hardison's prior apartment. Like, it's got every little bit of luxury you could ask for in here. I think that interior decorating might be, like, a low-key passion of Hardison's, because it's clear that he designed the office, even if Nate paid for it. And it's so, and he's so proud of it. Like, he's so excited to show them, like, look at this, I made you all fake identities. Like, he, this is, like, also his hobby. Like, you guys all have, like, tax tax records and shit, and, like, I made a company newsletter. He, like, created identities for them going back, like, 20 years so that all of them look totally legit to anyone who tries to check them out. I wrote, can I get Hardison to, like, do my health care for me, like, so I don't have to deal with all this paperwork? (laughs) He can just make everything look seamless and beautiful. Yeah, right. We all need our own (laughs) Alec Hardison. And I love the whole, like, Parker being like, in 1998, I won the sack race at the 4th of July picnic, but I want to be like, how old were you in 1998, Parker? Like, this was... I know it was 2009, but, like, I don't know if you were old enough to be working at a company. Because, <laughs> like, she's she's older than Hardison, but, like... She's still pretty young. She looks like she's in her 20s, and, and Hart, uh, Elliot looks like yes, he's in his 30s. I agree. Oh, wait, we can't skip over the beautiful painting of our founder, Mr. Oh, yeah. So-and-so <laughs> Leverage, who looks an awful lot like... Nate's grandfather with Nate's face in a nice oil portrait. It's the oil painting of their fake founder, who just looks kind of like a bloated old version of Nate. And and everyone is so entertained, and somebody's like, oh, Nate's gonna kill you. Yeah, I love, and so like, I love Hardison. Hardison is so proud of the painting. Yes, I, I believe that was that the implication. Hardison is like, a jack of all trades in more than just a tech way. Like obviously he's their tech jack of But jack he's of all also trades, but he does like everything. a classically trained oil portraitist who could just be making a career out of that. <laughs> so yeah, and he's showing them his like, and here's the monitor room. Here's the tech room. And it's I love his complete and total like it's it's not entirely <laughs> bullshit, but it's a lot of bullshit Yeah, we've got um, six, like, big uh, flat TVs lined up together on the wall, and he plays them this, like, pre-rendered intro demo that he had prepared that, like, does spins of building wireframes, <laughs> and, like, you see a bunch of green ones and zeros go by, and it's, it's like the sales pitch video for <laughs> the hacking room. It's very good. <laughs> I love how I, I love thinking about like how much time he spent putting together this little demo reel of everything he can do. <laughs> Honestly, as you uh, over time as you watch Leverage and you think about like what does does Hardison do anything in his free time except work for stuff do work no. do stuff for work because like he does like again he's the one who makes all of their fake identities <laughs> and for they all have of their a lot cons. of them. <laughs> and he's very he's a very create he's a very creative individual he's a very creative soul. And they're watching the video, and Elliot deduces what kind of gun it was by the gunfire, and we get our very, like, you can determine what kind of gun it was by the sound. He's like, it's a very distinctive sound. It's like, we got our very first And we do get another one later on in the same episode. The namesake for this podcast. We do. And I I have a note here that just says, this show is really, really good. It's casting scummy white dudes to play the marks. I mean, not that it's hard. (laughs) It's not hard, but, like, they... Every time they have just, like, a scummy white dude playing, like, a the, the actors and the, like, the, the, the actors they get just... Oh, yeah, you can instantly like, spot the villain. I remember reading that in the famous painting, The Last Supper, Leonardo da Vinci had, like, a hard time finding the guy who looked scummy enough to be the model for Judas. And I think if he were to watch this show, he would have no <laughs> trouble. He'd have a new guy to pick from every single episode. <laughs> I didn't actually know I, that. I can't that's verify that that's true, but that's what I read. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to take good. it as gospel truth because you told it to me. <laughs> so so they're so good at casting scummy white dudes. And I love this initial heist they're running where they have to break into a voice-activated safe. Oh, I loved this. So basically, the, the two marks they're working on is this guy, Dufort, who runs a private security company that is the private defense contractors who cause the firefight. And then there's the senator that he works with, Senator Jenkins. 
And they get, Parker's like, oh, I need him to say a bunch of stuff so I can recreate his voice for the, the voice activated password. <laughs> and they, they, they play this stupid game where Elliot's pretending to be a waiter offering like hors d'oeuvres at this benefit. Parker had said, I need these certain phonemes. I need him to say these certain sounds in order to get this open. So Elliot, <laughs> like, names this crazy elaborate dish, like, pate of souffle of blah, 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 Like, this crazy, unpronounceable French thing. And, like, plays dumb to make the guy repeat it so that he can get all these words for Parker. <laughs> he also deliberately, so he has two things. And he deliberately makes the other one sound really unappealing. It's like, yeah, he was like greasy duck. It's, it's duck, old greasy, greasy duck. duck. I, don't, I wouldn't recommend that. And he, he keeps like holding it. Up. He's like, mm, until, until the guy gets so irritated that he repeats the long ass French name. And then Parker's like, I just need... <laughs> now and he just goes this is shrimp you stupid it was a great moment i love that like i love this show the comedy in the show is so solid and then they wind up you know they so they have this whole thing going on at the benefit and then i the next note i have is just elliot using an iv stand as a weapon when they're fighting guys i wrote in my notes please don't aed and a live guy I, I was so upset by this. <laughs> oh, they super did. So what are the stats on AEDing somebody who's... You can stop somebody's heart by doing that if they are not already having heart trouble. Please don't do this. But I did love this part because Elliot's like walking around in the halls with, with a lab coat on. And the our, our fun observant doctor from earlier like sees his lab coat and she's like, wait a second, you don't work here. And I'm like, yes, I can confirm as somebody who wears a lab coat in a huge <laughs> corporation with like hundreds of employees across multiple floors, you can definitely recognize who doesn't belong in a lab coat. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that is to be true. fair, Elliot is not he the is very best direct when it comes to being <laughs> innocuous. He just has a... He has a naturally, like, not even yes. necessarily threatening, but a naturally, like, aggressive presence. <laughs> like, like, you don't associate with a doctor. No, he's your warrior, not your rogue. <laughs> yeah. However, he's your warrior who picks up an IV stand and uses it like a fucking, like, bow staff. <laughs> And then I, I have another note on Daddy Drank in here because they start to really focus on Nate's drinking problem in this episode. And like, in a, in a, I guess, I guess they don't they don't talk about it really overtly, but they really put it in focus. Like you see him, it becomes apparent that that's something we're going to be talking about. Yeah, like you see him like pour himself a glass and then start drinking from the bottle. Like <laughs> it's like this one's for later. And it's like, oh, buddy, that's not an okay way that's to do things. Not a good look. And what I, I love, uh, Nate and Hardison literally sitting, sitting down with beer and popcorn to watch Parker. <laughs> it's, it's so delightful. We're having a nice little, uh, party. I just, and I love it when they watch each other because they, they constantly learn from each other and it really shows. And they're always really impressed with each other. <laughs> Except for, uh, Elliot, who pretends always to be not impressed with Hardison. Yes. He's very, uh, unwilling to, he's very, um sparse with his praise of Hardison. <laughs> I don't think we get our first damn it Hardison in this episode either. No, I don't recall hearing that. I love when they're, so they they figure out there, there's something to do with this container. Yes, like a big storage uh, shipping container. Yeah, the, the plot for this one is a little convoluted. It really is. Like this shipping container gets pretty tied up, but when, at the end, when you see how everything worked out, it seems very elegant. It is. It's very elegant. Because the shipping container plays a few different roles. Like, one of the things they do to fuck with the senator is, and to lure him to this place. Because what they do is a big expose. So they cancel, they find out he's having worked on in his home, and they cancel a shipment of mahogany floor panels. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what's the most, like... The most obnoxious, pretentious thing he could be doing. So they, they go scope out the shipping container... They're like, oh, there's a there's a there's a security camera, it's a webcam, and, and Hardison's like, oh, let me hack into it with my phone. And Elliot just picks up a rock, hops a couple of steps, and just fucks it. But before that, Hardison was using his flip phone to quote detect lasers. So <laughs> I really love the technology that we use here. It's a lot of fun for me. 
It is a lot of fun. And I love, I, I have one of my quotes here is after Elliot throws the rock at the camera, Hardison's just like, I'm sorry, it's too far away for you to punch. I'm sure that really frustrates you. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Oh, and one of my other quotes I forgot to mention earlier is when they have uh, Hardison on the line, because Parker's favorite thing is repelling. <laughs> Anything, anything with a harness. Yeah, you're right. In a she ring. really does do a lot of repelling and bungee jumping and climbing. It's her that thing. It is her thing. Parker apparently sleeps upside down sometimes, <laughs> and just like when she's like strapping Hardison up in the harness, he's like, "I just remembered something," and she's like, "What?" He goes, "I just remember gravity and the squishiness of all, all my manly bits." <laughs> and so, like, they open, they open this container, and it's. Full of cash. Yes, just mountains and mountains and mountains of neatly stacked brand new bills. And Parker just like face plants against it, deeply inhales and lets out this very unhinged giggle. (laughs) Just like rubbing against the cash. She just loves the cash more than anything. She loves money. Also, it had been a while since I'd seen this episode when I went to rewatch it. And for a second, I was like, the head security guy at the shipping container yard, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, is that John Cena? <laughs> it does look like him. He kind of looks like John Cena. I wrote Cena. down at one point with all the security guards, they're just like a big bunch of big burly white dudes with like crew cuts and big vests and stuff. I wrote, I hate looking at all these machos. <laughs> <laughs> there were just too many of them in one place. There were a lot. And also an interesting fact that I forgot to fact check, but I would believe it. But Nate's saying that what, one of the reasons why cash is so valuable is, you know, like, the reason that this they're going to so much trouble over this money is because it's cash. It's untraceable. And he says, for all the money in the economy, there's only about 500 in cash for every American, which I thought was, if that's true, I have to Yeah, I don't it, know I if guess, the number is true, but I know that it is a, a low number in reality. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's it's sort of an interesting thing to think about. And and, like, how so few of us actually carry cash anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't carry cash. I carry, like, an emergency 20 sometimes. But more more often than not, it's, like, card all the way. And so they, it turns out these bad guys are were shipping money through Iraq during the war. And there was a bunch of money for, quote-unquote, reparations, which they are, like, it's bribes, that went missing. Like $9 billion or something that just, in cash that just went missing. Yeah, I, I wrote at this point, I don't necessarily understand enough about this to say that it's not true, but some of the details they were getting into here seemed a little bit crazy. It sounds like something that our government that's, would do. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they're talking about like, oh, okay, so like, like this money, like, oh, well, they stole it. So what are we going to do with it? And it's like, we're the good guys now. You're going to give it back. And they're like, they're so confused. Like, they're like, give the money back. back. What? (laughs) I know that's what we signed up for. And I know that's what we started doing this in order to do. But... It's like, I understand the individual (laughs) words, but not in that order that you're saying them in. But I also, I have in here, Nate Nate and Sophie play the obnoxious tourists as distractions. I wrote that their disguises were at the level of like Jesse and James from Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah, oh god, yeah. Sometimes the the like diversion disguises are really over the top. And anytime Sophie does an American accent, it's my favorite. <laughs> it's really good. Nate and Sophie playing a bickering couple. It works perfectly. Works so well. Oh, I had earlier <laughs> it's their default um, state. I forget exactly what they were doing at the time, but it was Nate and Sophie like, oh, I think it was when she was like taking his drink or something. I wrote, "Oh, so this is the will they won't they of the show. I get it." <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's the found family. It's very, they deliver very hard in the found family. And it's neat is dad, Sophie is mom, and then three kids, Elliot, Parker, and Hardison. And it's just, it's a little bit less that in the first season, because there's a little bit of weird tension between Elliot and Sophie. Mm -hmm. That I I notice when I go back and rewatch the first season. But I've noticed that something about myself in relation to that is whenever there's like a group of characters and two of them are like, okay, children, we're going to be the parents of this situation. We're going to take care of this. That's always my favorite. That's just the best to me. So I know that, uh, that so right in the first episode (laughs) nate goes like i know you children don't play well with others and it's like right there that's what i love i I love the 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 parent character (laughs) nate and sophie make pretty good team dad and team mom characters especially because like you know sophie is a flighty broad (laughs) i would classify her under flighty broad and uh nate is daddy drink so they there's plenty there there's not like a stable parenthood here (laughs) 
But they're trying. Everybody's trying. Everybody's trying. Uh, everybody's trying their best. I love when Parker picks up the C4 and she's like, the look on her face. And they're like, Parker, put down the bomb. And she's like, uh-uh. The look on her face. She's like setting up this detonator with her improperly fitted hard hat. She doesn't even have safety glasses on. I'm disgusted with her. <laughs> you would speak like that about my daughter <laughs> look i just want her to wear the proper personal protective equipment when she does things like this <laughs> what about parker makes you what about like what about parker makes you look at her and think yeah she's taken a safety course on this i don't know she like wears a harness when she does all sorts of weird dives and stuff i guess so she doesn't die instantly well because she needs the line <laughs> Trust me, she takes plenty of risks with that. Like, in the very first episode, too, we forgot to talk about how when they need to get Sophie down ten flights of stairs really fast and the elevator doesn't come, Parker just throws a rig, a harness at her and goes, like, take this. And Sophie's like, what's it for? And Parker just goes, speed. Parker just, like, lassos Sophie over to her so they're, like, spun face to face. And if this were, like, a, a James Bond movie or whatever, they would absolutely kiss right there. Like, the, the setup was just too perfect for it. <laughs> It was, it was like, it was a little gay if there wasn't such an age difference there. (laughs) There's a little bit of an age difference there. But like, I guess in a non-found family context, (laughs) I could be into it. Mostly Sophie is terrified and Parker was just like, totally thought she was going to break a leg. And it's like, this child does not care about safety. Yeah, I'm just as upset about that as Sophie is. (laughs) (laughs) They wind up pulling a really delightful bait and switch in this episode where they pull a distraction by blowing up the con- uh, the shipping container. Yes. And they make the security guys think that it's the container that had all the money. So the security guys are then chasing after everybody, yelling at each other, chasing Hardison in his big truck, because they figure that's where all the cash must be, in Hardison's big truck. And as they're doing this, Hardison is just like careening through the streets and they've got other cars chasing after him and nobody's wearing a seatbelt and they almost crash right into him and they like push guys out of the way and it's terrible driving and it's very stressful for me I'm not into that at all I think I feel like a recurring theme on this podcast is going to be your safety concerns (laughs) safety share of the day your safety share yeah safety tips for leverage um please wear a seatbelt when doing a getaway drive Please don't get in a car chase. It almost never ends well for the person who's avoiding and everybody else ends up getting hurt. Car chases are just like not a safe thing to do. If you committed a crime, you got to find some other way to get away from it. <laughs> That's my take. <laughs> Thankfully, I think that there's not that many car chases on this show overall. I'm trying to think. Um, we'll see. As Good, we watch, they're learning as from we their mistakes. Their... I don't know that they would classify this mistake, <laughs> however. So so they do, they do a thing where... They pull the uh, social embarrassment card again before they start the chase, really. I guess it's in the middle of the chase. They, they finally get Hardison to, to, to get out of the car. And he stalls on opening the back of the car by playing not the black card, but the fake Jew card, <laughs> which I have, mixed, I have mixed feelings about it. But he goes on about like, oh, is this because of my ethnicity, I believe he says? <laughs> yeah, this is about my ethnicity. And then he goes on to say, is this because I'm Jewish? <laughs> And okay, so so a couple things. This is not the only time he plays the Jew card, but it annoys me because canonically he's not Jewish. He mentions being raised by Jehovah's Witnesses <laughs> at some point later in the show. And so I'm like of two minds because I really love it when people like it would have been great if he was like a black Jew because they exist, yes. but you don't see them in media. And also because it's legitimately funny, like yeah, that's like, like to a me, good as a Jewish person, a good reversal of what you're expecting him to say. Yeah, and also like oh, just because a brother enjoys matzo ball soup, but it's like that's a that's a funny line. Yes. But I'm also like, you guys, that's don't not tease your joke. Like Come on, that's, yeah, that's not your toy to play with. Don't tease me like this. Yeah. <laughs> I have so little. <laughs> There's very little in this in this show that I can headcanon as Jewish because Nate is canonically Catholic. Oh. So, so a fun, fun uh, trivia fact is the first episode takes place in Chicago. Okay. And then the rest of the season takes place in LA. And then the middle three seasons take place in Boston, which I love. Ooh. And the last season takes place in Portland. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's, they do some fun location changing and Nate is from Boston and you get very into how Catholic he is when they're in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I'm excited for that. 
Otherwise, I'd be like, Nate could totally be Jewish, but he, he's definitely, he's got the Catholic guilt going. Yeah, sure. no, I was raised Catholic my whole life, and I can definitely see having a lot of fun with that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's just it's, so uh, much to, to dig into. I have to say, I love everyone on this show. Everyone is my child. Nate is my least favorite character. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still love Nate. He's like the least, the one I find the least engaging, but I still find him more engaging than I normally would for a character. Yeah, like it's definitely an ensemble cast, but I still think he suffers from like main character syndrome where he's just like the center. So he just kind of has to be the most basic default guy. He is. And I think part of it is just in a concept that I don't usually relate to as well, which is like the angry drunk dad. Yeah. A sad, sad, angry drunk yeah. dad. But at the same time, I feel like they make him, they make it real enough mm-hmm. that I, I you know, I, I enjoy Nate a lot. And also, he gets called out on it. Yes. He doesn't, he, he doesn't get away scot-free. People talk about it. People confront him about it. So it, it, it gets to be, Nate's drinking uh, is a major theme for him for a lot of the show. So we'll get into some fun stuff with that. Back to the episode, though. They have this kind of comedy of errors setup going on with their, mis- with their bait and switch. Because they canceled that deliver the shipment of panels for the senator, they get him to show up at the shipping container that he's not supposed to know about. They call news crews in his names, and they think that, oh no, the money's gone. And a reporter points out, oh no, no, this isn't the right container. It's the one next to it, because they didn't even check the fucking Yeah, numbers. they had just seen the explosion and assumed it was that one. Yeah, like, and then you get this little flashback to um, Parker strapping the C- C4 to, like, the other shipping container and they're like oh yes before the news crew show up they have this whole little discussion where it's like basically they they confess to each other like oh i've been covering your own ass blah 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 you know like we like i got you through customs the usual like this this is another this sets up another thing that leverage really likes to do where they then they have news crew show up and they as the guys try to take credit for like finding the money and paying themselves out to be heroes the leverage crew then plays back their own words to implicate them. Yeah, so we end up having these two guys who are at each other's throats because they think all the money has disappeared. And then a second later, they're playing nice and playing friends for the TV crew, trying to say, oh, no, we found all this. Like, we're both the heroes. And then another second later, we have them saying, oh, God, that's our voices confessing everything and everybody's hearing it. Now what? And it's just a lot of fun seeing them being manipulated into screwing each other over. Oh, it's so satisfying. And, like, one of the key, the key, like, parts of the leverage cons is humiliation of the mark. Yes. It's, it's, for almost every, every con, it's, like, part of the point is to make them feel bad. And it's really cathartic for the viewers. Because who doesn't want to watch, like, a shitty senator and a shitty, like, CEO get caught in the act? Oh, God, it's wonderful. And implicated by their own words. Oh, it's so You feel like you're getting vicarious revenge watching this. Yeah, that's one of the re- that's one of the things that makes the show so good, and I and uh, it's five seasons long, and I think it's really the perfect length. But I also wish that there it was still because it's just such a good feeling. <laughs> it is such a good feeling, but and uh, it turns out like oh, there's money here, but it turns out they actually stole most of the money, <laughs> and that empty truck was a really ridiculous fake backdrop. They had put like a false wall into the truck, so the empty truck was not empty after all. Yeah, and it's almost like it's almost like too basic. <laughs> like they're very lucky that the guys didn't figure that out. Yeah, they, they they didn't look at the truck from the side and say, "Hey, the truck looks longer than that." Also, I want to know where do you get that stuff printed? Right, like oh, you know, I just I just went over to Walmart and got my you know fake truck wall cover, <laughs> like fifteen by fifteen feet. <laughs> like when did you put that in there, guys? <laughs> So, you know, they bring back the, the truck to the, the rehab center and it's like, BT dubs, you have all this money. And the, the doctor is again like, but this just isn't the, wor- the way the world works. And Nate gets to touch her shoulder and is like, then change the world. <laughs> and it's just like very on the nose, but it's very sweet. So everybody at the hospital there is going to be able to get treated, including this one guy that we had been introduced to in the beginning. And my final note on my page here was, this is a good show. <laughs> <laughs> show it's a really satisfying show and it's like i have i have oh they all learn how good it feels to be good Aww. guys because nate's like uh that feeling that's why we do what we do and and they're like hey nate but you gave all your money to charity he's like well i bought a car and they're like oh yeah like you bought it you bought a little old man car and he just like drives away in a fucking like 
Tesla convertible. Yeah, it's like this sporty little Tesla. It's like bright red and everything. And like Sophie Hardison and Elliot are like midlife crisis, midlife crisis. And Parker like agrees, but clearly doesn't know what midlife crisis means. She's just like, she like opens her mouth like she's going to ask. And yeah, is like, whatever. Ah, and then like walks For away. For another day. Parker's general cluelessness is uh, one of my favorite things about her as a I character. love it because she's not ever trying to be like, I don't understand. I don't understand. She's just like, is clueless a lot of, about a lot of things because she's not interested in them. <laughs> yeah oh he, her 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 attention is very clearly where yes. she wants it to be and i she she's um she's got a, they're all a little bit proud and like don't um, and like admitting they're wrong like one of my favorite little bits is like in the first episode uh when they're running that very initial con and parker's like how do you tell how many guys are in the room and it says like count the haircuts and she's like what is that <laughs> and it's just like this cute like the first episode does a great job of highlighting not only like what they're good at, but also what they're bad at. Yes, not everybody has every skill. Yeah, where where they where and where, how like they interlock really well, and so I uh, really love these episodes, and I feel like it just gets better from here. I'm so excited! <laughs> I'm very excited because the third episode is about horses, yes. and I'm so excited yes. to hear your opinions about horses. <laughs> everybody, buckle in. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm almost sad that we didn't get to it for this episode, but I feel like this is a nice... A nice start. Yeah. Yeah, it is a nice start. And so before we sign off, a thing that we thought that we would do on this podcast, since Leverage is themed around helping people, it is obviously fictional, but there are things that you can do to help people. So we decided that we're going to try and promote a charity related to one of the cons that we in the episode episodes we review for yeah something that helps the same kind of people that they might be trying to get justice for in the show exactly so on um, this week we wanted to tell you about the wounded warrior project and it is a multi-program charity that helps out disabled and injured veterans from 9 11 and forward so any anybody who's been injured in on a, in a war zone since 9-11. They have a lot of different programs. They have uh, mental health and physical health programs. They have career placement programs. They have all kinds of stuff, uh, services that they offer and outreach for disabled vets. You can find them at woundedwarriorproject.org and you can set up monthly or one-time donations. And yeah, if you want to support disabled veterans then Wounded Warrior Project is our recommendation. Yeah, it's just a cool way to draw some inspiration from something that you're enjoying and say, oh, I can actually go help people with this. Yeah, and we're going to try and bring you guys a different a different kind of charity every episode. Any closing thoughts about this? the beginning of this journey, Alexis? I just felt like it was exactly how you pitched it to me. It's like a lot of fun. You've got just enough like plot twists and everything to keep you on your toes but not enough to make you stressed about not being able to follow the show and underneath it all you have everybody in the cast just like really loving working with each other and it's it's a pleasure to watch it really is and in the the first season they really you see the team grow together yes and you see it you see it even in the first couple of episodes where it's starting and they're still rough around the edges but like they're already learning how to work together and how to like they're each getting other. there yeah they're getting they're they're all wearing their get along t-shirts. <laughs> That's actually what I want is a fan art of all five of them wearing a get along shirt. That's perfect. Well, okay, no. I want the children, three children wearing our get along shirt and then Nate wearing a shirt that says if found return to Sophie and Sophie wearing a shirt saying I'm Sophie. <laughs> that, that is ideal actually. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, if somebody's going to wander off, it's probably me. Either that or just everybody on child leashes in Sophie's hand. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, also Sophie shouldn't be responsible for anyone either. It's what makes her a good team Uh, mom is, like, nobody nobody here here is responsible. Everybody's a mess. Yeah, and I mean, like, Nate is a responsible adult, but he's also just a mess. Everybody's a mess. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I love them so much. So, um, anyway, so I don't think we have any serious or like solid update schedule but i guess maybe twice a month yeah that sounds uh, like a good plan for me we will post updates and such as we get things a little more ironed out yeah and um hopefully you will join us again tell your friends about our i'm making hand jazz hand <laughs> motions that you can't see this has been a very distinctive podcast 
Thank you guys for listening.